Oh, uh, there we go. Madness continues podcast. Tyler Fowler. Hey, uh, here we go. Hey, <laughs> how are how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Yeah, life is good. You know what's funny? Before you were so we were talking before the podcast about all how people who use Instagram suck, but. <laughs> We were literally just, just talking about how miserable society are, and you're like, "Hey, how are you?" I'm like, "You know what? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, society's in in the shitter, but you know what? I'm doing okay. All things considered, I'm doing all right." <laughs> uh, it's funny because when you before you were when I was talking to you, and I was like, "Yeah, you should come on over and do this." Is uh, I, it's weird because um, you and I know each other, but we've never really hung out. Yeah, and we've done comedy on the same shows a little mm-hmm. bit. But like we never really gotten together, haven't spent, haven't had too too long of conversations yeah. with you beforehand. But mm-hmm. I was like excited to do the pod because I was like, oh, finally I get to sit down and and talk to Tyler a little bit. That's good. That's good that that's the the perception because I feel like that's my relationship with most of the world is I'm just this <laughs> periphery character in their, in their life. He's like, oh, there's that guy again, huh? Well. Uh, <laughs> But it's good that the, the you would be like a, you do feel like you could be like a professional extra. I'm an extra of the world. Yeah, I'm an extra. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I am an extra of life. Actually, yeah, yeah. People are like oh, I did extra work on Chicago PD. I'm like I had an extra work in your day. Actually, I'm just here on the outside. Um, but it's good that it, instead of it being like there's that guy again, I wish uh, he's kind of creepy. I wish he wasn't here. It's like oh he looks interesting. Let's bring let's, him into the forefront a little bit. Let's talk. To, let's yeah. bring him up. Put him up. Give him a microphone. Yeah, give him like, a guy. speaking role. Maybe he's got something to say. <laughs> yeah, that's me. You're, well, I mean, like you present. It's, or it's I don't want to say it's like a horrible to say this, but like I like where this is going. Good. You present as a totally like like if I was like uh, if I read a script and was like generic white office worker, <laughs> I'd be like, if he's male, I think I got a good guy this in is, mind. This is half of my act. You're, you're doing it. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> especially dude. Any any corporate work, it, it's just like, hey guys, I'm I am the cookie cutter. I am corporate America. Yeah. I... <laughs> do you? Uh, how much corporate work do you get? I feel like you're one of the part of the other reason I wanted to talk to you is like you're one of the few you and and vic uh the t- the you know the team us and all that stuff you yeah. guys are like a few of the very working comedians that i feel like wow. inhabit chicago at least wow. that's what it looks like from the outside hey the, uh, this is the the perception we're trying to put out there <laughs> I feel like you messaged me you guys have booked me a bunch which is very nice of you and uh that's a nice plug i like that and you yeah. uh it is i get booked uh, a lot you specifically get- by you yeah <laughs> And then, like, but you guys gave me this message the other day where you're like, uh, hey, what's your schedule? Because I got this show going yeah. on in, like, mid, you know, mid, Couple months, midway yeah. Illinois or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I nobody else, I don't know anybody else who's doing, besides, like, maybe Diamond J. Harris, like, doing, <laughs> you know, having gigs that are like, hey, just come on. We got this thing going on in whatever, you know, Peoria, yeah. Illinois yeah. or something. Yeah. And uh, so I just—it's very impressive. I just—you guys have a great work ethic, and uh, how do the, how do you do it, man? Yeah, I don't know. It's good. We we happened into it, but now we're like a well-oiled machine. Like we fir- we we when we first started doing comedy, we bit off more than we can chew, and we're like, let's just start producing shows. Like, yeah. literally six months in, and this and you see that a lot. People who are like new to comedy be like, I have friends who want to see me. I can put on a show. Um, but um, we just like got into the habit of doing it continuously, and then it fell into like we branded ourselves as Teamless Comedy, so we wanted our shows to match that, right? So it's kind of this like a little more like well designed, well thought out show. Well, you guys are all very you present very professionally, very professional, and that was the whole yeah. thing. Like we started producing shows at an office building where I work, so it was this very like corporate downtown, like, yep. and that was the audience. So we we um, Meg and Dirty is like our third partner in this thing, and she like does some graphic design for us. So she was like, and she's a creative, like adver- advertising creative. Um, so she has a good eye for things. like Yeah, that. you guys so all have like, day jobs, right. and like, yeah, that alone makes you a shooting star among comedians. It's, well, I think. It's just that we have health insurance. That's the only that's the, <laughs> the real difference. Yeah, we're just as, as sad and alone as everyone else. But you know, we uh, can go to the doctor about it. You know. <laughs> um, 
That's but yeah, so, so we started so just like, real, but it, it's it, we realized in the last year, man, it's really become like the original shows we built up um, keep running, but we just keep adding things to the playbook. Like we've got now we've got Hamburger Mary's every Thursday at Oak Park. We're helping yep. run every Saturday night at the Comedy Clubhouse in Wicker Park. We're doing every other Wednesday in Homewood, which is this middle of nowhere Illinois show yeah. we asked you about. Um, and then we got our two monthly shows still. So we're doing at least a dozen live shows a month. Plus, we're, we worked on, we shot a special last January. We're working on kind of putting that together. Which looks amazing. Yeah, Vic Appreciate showed that, Vic showed that yeah. to me. Yeah. Uh, and we were, he showed me the footage of that. And I was like, this is fucking, this it looks, turned out great. looks spectacular. We couldn't have asked for anything better. We yeah. had really good creative partners in the director and the production team. Um, these guys, Unfurnished Films in Chicago, just a little film company. And they were so helpful. And just like, it turned out, we couldn't ask for anything better. The venue was great. Like, a lot of good things worked out there. So we're, like, we started producing shows to like, provide opportunities for ourselves. It's like, I just want to do stand-up, right? And now it's like, we have this huge, like, book of shows that we run. And the the real value is we can help give work to other people. Right? Yeah. So the guys like you, like, we like you a lot. You, you're funny. You're talented. It's like, we, you don't we have found, to lie to my face. I'm trying. Um, <laughs> but we found an uh, we found places that have an audience, and they need someone to curate talent for them, and we can be that person. And the, the thing that I appreciate about it the most is like these venues couldn't do this on their own yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And like at this point, we have the skill set. Like I know we know how to put together a lineup, we know how to book a show, yep. and how to promote it, and all this stuff. So it, rather than like Joe bar, bar owner trying to put on a comedy show and failing terribly, because that doesn't serve the audience at all. Like he's going to try to do this show. Yep. People are going to pay or just spend their time to come see it, and it's going to suck. And uh, they're never going to want to see live comedy again. That's what when I see a bad show. That's what hurts me the most. Is like these people are scarred from ever seeing like they'll, they'll, oh, they'll, yeah. they'll go. You see someone. I hate it when someone like pops into like they're like at a bar and they're like oh an open mic's happening. Like I'll go watch and they see something terrible and I'm like this person would never buy a ticket to Zanies because oh, they yeah. think that's what this is. They think this is live comedy. Yeah. Um. So we try and like use our expertise to like let us put on a good show where someone else can't. Yeah. Right. It, but there's an audience there. So we can we can provide paid work to comedians that we like and who are good and, and help spread the love around town. And um yeah, it's turned into that now it's like a, a full time second job. It's um it's a lot, but it keeps us busy. It keeps me off the streets, you know <laughs> So you keeps you. I can I can imagine you could have a very successful career selling crack in yeah, Chicago. Well, you know, uh, probably not. See, I, I couldn't even get at that. That's the thing. That's why I you'd have, have an app. It yeah. would be yeah. Um, the so all of that's amazing. I mean, like, and I think that oh, son of a bitch. We got a caller. Just keep that in, in the just... mi- keep that in the show. Why not? Uh, Long time listener, about... first time caller. Uh, uh, what she said about middle of nowhere, Illinois. Uh, sorry, everybody. Uh, I should be killing time. Hey, is anyone here from out of town? I know, right? Uh, <laughs> let me just make some noise of yourself. So sorry. Let me let me set, so let me apologize to all the your you and all of the <laughs> listeners. That was my phone going off because we're I'm in this negotiation with this television show thing that we're trying to do. Well, that was a, and, a great, uh, uh, great name drop. Uh, where, right, where you were like, you, you set a timer on your phone for it to ring. And you're like, oh, sorry, I got a phone call. Oh, pardon from me, a, everybody. From a network. Got a, got a. Uh, 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 oh, damn it. Okay. Uh, so today's weather forecast in Chicago. Yeah. So I just exactly. trying to fill time so, for it. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Sorry, everybody. This is we've been back and forth with this. This is a lot going on. It's been. This is what like my. It's so funny because people. I we had this. Uh, I had the you know the party the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, we had all these comedians over and was talking to them and they were like, "Where the fuck have you been?" Yeah. And I'm like, and people were like, "Dude, I thought you lived in New York." And I was like, "Well, I split. I go back and forth a lot yeah. now." 
because uh, I'm doing shit out there. My production partner, the guy who just called me, is uh, is in New York mm-hmm. and doing comedy at like you know Stand Up New York and Westside Comedy Club and places like this, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, but I'm very much still live here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm like my entire time is spent dealing with this, uh, with this fucking show. Yeah, which is great. I mean, like if it works out, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But like you never. I was at this cold moment in the shower the other day where I was, I was taking a shower after at the gym, and then uh had this thought where I went, you know what. All of my projects could not work out. <laughs> yeah, if you, uh, this, this house of cards can come tumbling down. Yeah, it was fucking terrifying. Oh, man. I was like, dude, this is so so. It's weird. I, I mean, but like, then so you still have to get up and be like, all right, well, it's time, gotta, time to go make sure that doesn't happen. You got to keep working on <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. Well, because yeah. it's so weird. Because it's like, is it up to you? It's up to right. you. I mean, like, it's to definitely you can definitely fuck up and not have anything work out. Sure. Like that's that is completely up to you. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That yeah. you can definitely bomb uh, and ruin everything that you're doing. That's a hundred percent possible. Mm-hmm. But whether or not something actually totally happens is not necessarily completely up totally. to you. Yeah, you have to like, like you know. I just Lee Abouev was in here the other day, and I was talking to her because she featured for or opened for I forget which one. Um, Cameron Esposito. Oh yeah, when she was in town. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, did a great job and like crushed it. Had a great show. I think Lee's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, the next day had another show that was, like, a five-minute spot and mm-hmm. just bombed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is it. This is the... <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I, you have that all the time, and you just have to... I don't know. It's, like, that's the job, is, like, just ride the roller coaster. What is it like, going to be today? Like, you, yeah. There will always be... I don't know. I feel like the even the... I take some comfort in that, like, even the greatest comedians of the world bomb. Like, it, this is just part of it. Like, you have to just get used to that, you know? It's it it could be in any given day. Yeah, and like you see, like a Chappelle has that famous like bomb in front of like a Philadelphia crowd or yeah. something for like like thirty minutes. Yeah, and they're just booing him and yelling at him, and you're like this fucking and to have the the fucking wherewithal to stand in front of that yeah. for thirty Do minutes it gracefully. Yeah, yeah, and you're like yeah. that guy's probably the greatest, maybe greatest living comedian, yeah. arguably. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like you've taken that that uh it's like this high risk high reward environment but like you've taken that into a whole different arena with like we're pitching tv and working on creating shows and like different media projects because like it's the same you have the same investment in it but it it or probably more because it's months more of work than just like putting together an act oh yeah and somebody can just be like i mean think about like movies like uh people like bird box uh which came out recently (laughs) i liked it did you watch it yeah it was fine yeah it wasn't i thought it was very okay i don't understand why every movie has to change your fucking life right like or be be so hated you know everyone's like oh this was garbage like it was just fine it was a movie certainly it was fine i I didn't regret i it was worth the price of admission it was it came out on netflix Netflix. i didn't pay shit for it i was a little uh you know for the amount of time of my life i gave to it i was like maybe i could have done something else oh hang on this is uh, abc calling just a quick uh hold on one second do your thing oh my god i'm sorry about that and we're back i know i had to pause it uh this makes me sound like i feel like such an asshole no it it looks great it looks (laughs) the thing is like I don't know. Either this probably happens to you all the time because I'm sure this project like consumes your life at this point. Oh yeah, uh, it's it it it's it, it, it's it's very. I mean, like it's got to be like the same thing with you guys in the um in the special that you've uh that you recorded. Yeah, like it's, it's like a it's a similar kind of. You're like I put so much yeah. fucking like I quit one job mm-hmm. to do this and then took a different job after I like because that one wasn't available to me anymore. Yeah, I've put like 20k into this project, which is like not a insane amount of money but, but it's like, not nothing it's not you know? nothing yeah. 
and like have all this like it's just nuts how yeah. much has like gone into it. So it feels a lot like a baby, and to have oh, like yeah. a level of you have to. It's just very weird. It yeah. becomes like strange to have. It's to... It's interesting from because like one perspective of like you have all this time, money, invest, but like also you're like emotionally invested in this thing. You put a lot of work into it. But like even the the one like silver, the most low silver lining right is that like if this all disappears and goes away and nothing ever happens with it like the amount of things that you've learned from this whole process is like that's what you've paid 20k so for, that's exactly know? the way that i think about it is i'm like okay this has been a graduate class yes yeah, totally and this is a lot of yep. how this industry so works worth, worth every penny how to do know? a production yep. like all this stuff yep. like i could go do it i could do it again and do it way better yep. next time totally yeah and which is the plan i mean mm-hmm. it's not it's funny because the when I first talked to my production partner, this guy named Zach Tomasovic, who's a comedian in New York, about it, um, he he pitched it to me over the phone, and I had met him in Edinburgh okay. last year, and uh, he was doing an awesome play called uh, Trumpus Interruptus, which is about the uh, impeachment of Donald Trump, and uh, you know got a bunch of really amazing attention. He was in Time Magazine, like uh, or the Time Online, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, because he's just a fantastically intelligent, great producer and all this stuff and so he pitched this idea to me and i was immediately like I, let's do it yeah I was just sold. right then yeah. sold right then and then we yeah. started this was in january of, of this year mm-hmm. so we started planning and just went and hit it like really hard and uh it's just it's funny because i took with it this and part of the reason i was able to do that as i i took this mentality i've had with stand-up which is like this it's not about a set it's not about doing a set mm-hmm. or doing a joke it's about doing jokes it's about doing sets Right. So like it's not about this show. The it, project. It's about doing projects. Yeah, yeah. It's not about this project. It's yeah. about projects. Totally. So if it's yeah. not this one, we're gonna fucking do this again mm-hmm. and it's gonna be an even better one then. Yeah. Because there's no how many people have ever attempted to do a TV show? Right. You know, go shoot in Iceland for eight days, hire a crew, mm-hmm. get equipment, drive around, interview the former mayor of Reykjavik. Nobody does this shit. Mm-hmm. Right. And literally no one had done that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is why I think the project has gotten some attention. But so but to yeah. me, like as as a comedian or as like a creative, that's what the job is. It's like find things and get excited about them and do them right. Like off early and often. Like yeah. the people who would wait until like the conditions are perfect to be like, oh, I'm gonna you know I I'll, I'll do stand up once I think I have the perfect act or I'll do a oh show yeah no way think, not gonna happen. Like you just have to early and often and you have to continue doing it. You're so right about that. And it's funny because uh, a lot of times I'll talk with people who are you know normal because you have a normal day job and are normal, have a, you yeah. have an you have a leg in the normal a foot in the normal sure. world yes yeah yeah something <laughs> grounded a little bit to society yeah there's a part hold on i want to digress for a second yeah. and talk about this there's a part of me that wishes i was either in one or the other period Ooh, man i don't know i i, I definitely one not the other i don't think i could do just corporate life well <laughs> hold on I, I, I said this to to lead the other day too uh because she was in here doing the pod and i was like there's a part of me that wishes I was that I was the type of person uh, yep. who like just be totally happy. Being, oh yeah. Just uh, great. Man. Associate VP of finance. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> totally. Yep. You're absolutely right. No, you're right. That is there's something very special about people who just get their jollies like uh, being an actuary. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And they go on Facebook and they post a photo of themselves like at a, they're, and, they're weak in Aruba. Yeah. And yeah. Exactly. That's what they live for. Yeah. And then somebody put, puts in Coaching like, who soccer. let the dogs out? LOL. Yeah. <laughs> and then like everybody, 
Dude, this you know what is so like funny? Said, so I, I, I do a lot of um, a fair amount of corporate work and private private gigs and stuff, sure. and that's the people who these gigs are for. Oh yeah, every single time I've I've gone somewhere, especially the people who hire you, is someone who's in that world who is just like a huge fan of comedy or way into literally this line verbatim every time they they book you or you show up, they're like. I can never do what you do. I love comedy. Like I'm so into this, but like, and they try, they have their little dry joke like yeah. that or whatever. And yeah. it's like, but it's like you, if you were in, in an alternate universe, right? If you, oh, were never, yeah. if you were never a comedian and you were just like a huge fan of comedy, you're this guy who's like, we should, we should hire a comedian and bring him in. Oh my God. Show. Yeah, what like, the fuck, man? It's like, there's a, there's a weird kind of, so then you, you've seen the movie apocalypse now. No. Well, oh my God. You need to but go I watch the bird box. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like really about the That's same. That's the problem. Is I, I really they both involve rivers. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, spoiler alert. You give away the river. All right. I mean, it's... Okay, so Apocalypse Now is based on Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. Okay. And it's not giving away anything. Yeah. They have to go up river in Quanang or something in mm-hmm. uh, the Quanang River in Vietnam to go get this rogue colonel named Kurtz back. He's gone rogue. He's, like, disappeared. Mm-hmm. They don't know what his deal is. They need to go get him. And uh, or or kill him. That's like the oh wow. That becomes like the plot as they have to go assassinate kill this, this guy. guy. Yeah, and uh, and they just the deeper and further they go into the river, the more bizarre everything becomes. Mm-hmm. And like it's a fucking fantastic movie. Right. And I think it it serves. And the reason I bring this up is it serves for t- a creative in sort of two ways. And the first of which is that um, uh, Francis Ford Coppola bankrupted himself making this movie really? it took years and he exhausted his resources he was he begged borrowed and stole as and promised as much as he could to mm-hmm. anybody to give him money to make this movie and fucking almost ruined his entire i mean really at one point there's a there's a, a documentary called hearts of darkness which is about the making of this film mm-hmm. he went crazy i mean like he you can see it on screen you're like he's something about him is no longer attached to reality yeah. he's like <sighs> In the, the you know, a typhoon came in and destroyed their entire set in the Philippines, and like, oh my gosh. yeah, he had to rebuild the entire thing. And you're like, at so, when is this guy going to give up give on up. this fucking yeah. movie? And uh, it's it's strange to watch. And then the second part of it is like, the there's an underlying theme in that film where they're like, you know, American soldiers in Vietnam got PTO. Um, I mean PTO. They got uh, part of me USO, and they got you know a little bit of like. Um, uh, they could go home. Yeah, they got yeah. leave. Mm-hmm. They like, and the point that that they kind of make is they're like the only. There's a line in the movie where they're like the only way home for Charlie was death or victory. We're like this. The Viet Cong were in this to to the fucking yeah, end. Yeah, you would have to kill every single one of them to get to to stop this. Yeah, and that's why America lost Vietnam. Basically, mm-hmm. I mean, among I'm sure a whole constellation of other reasons. Yeah. But like. Part of me looks at comedians. I know this is like a really long-winded point. <laughs> I was like, I see where you're going with this. I think of <laughs> you look following like Tyler's you? eyes. Tyler, like, Tyler's like, I have a day job, dude. I'm, I'm, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, maybe Brendan is also losing it. Maybe you're, maybe you're crazy. Um, <laughs> I have no. I think I did go crazy. You've on the lost project touch with reality. Yeah. I know completely. <laughs> Why am I doing this? This is a one. There's one audience member to this podcast, and it's me. Um, so yeah. the. The point of where I'm going with this is I see some comedians and I guess guys who come to mind are like jo- Joe McMahon and sure. Dale McPeak kind yeah. of and guys who are like they're a hundred percent they're over the line in terms of like being in the world of like I live in comedy mm-hmm. I live in com- I wake up in comedy yeah I live in comedy I go to sleep in comedy yeah. that's all I do mm-hmm. and you're like you're almost detached from reality in that position and there's a part of me that's like I want to be that you have guy. to be yeah yeah, yeah. like I want to be in the bush twenty four seven. And like, uh, I don't think I have. I find that 
strange because I can imagine my life where I'm like, break up with girlfriend, move out of apartment, move into the basement of some place, yep. g- move to New York, live in a closet. Sleep in a comedy club. Yeah, yeah. sleep yeah. in a comedy yeah. club. Sleep on a bus like Hannibal Burris yeah. did, uh, allegedly. And that's the life mm-hmm. until you make it. But like, what's the end game of that scenario? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like I was talking to someone about this yesterday. Like I think it, um, I already feel like my whole life and existence and, and everything I ever think about is comedy. That's all I'm, I'm listening to comedy. I'm watching comedy. I'm doing comedy. I'm writing comedy. Like that's everything all the time. So I feel like I do need like a, yeah, a foot in reality just to ground me like as a human, like to maintain some sanity. Um, yeah, and yeah, hopefully I can, I can leave the corporate world someday soon. But like, it does help me. It's a very structured way to be like, okay, I need to like be a person, like wake up and shower and like have a life, you know? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there is, there, there's definitely something to like totally immersing yourself in that lifestyle. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, that's, that's an interesting comparison to like the, the, um, apocalypse now, uh, <laughs> uh I mean, it's an extreme comparison, it. but it's, it's, uh, I, relatively it's maybe accurate. an apt one. Relatively accurate. Yeah. Oh man. But then I feel like like you were saying like um, Francis Ford Coppola puts everything into this and is like but the, the the documentary about it and the story is like yes he went insane he put his whole life into this but look it paid off like I feel like now it, 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 there's a lot of this like almost torture porn specifically for um, comedy is like they show all these like horror and success stories of like this person lived on a bus and grinded for years and put in the work and, and then look it finally paid off for them so it's kind of like advertising like you do the same like go out oh yeah ruin, essentially ruin your life and look if you, look if you ruin can... your life long enough look yeah. what happens but what, what you never see is all the people who it never happens for so that's okay so i'm glad you bring that so this is how i know that you're a grounded individual is because i feel yeah. like that is something that i think about all the time also yeah like there's another movie by uh uh shit um oh he's good i like his work yeah, yeah his early uh, stuff is better but God damn it. What is that? He's the guy. Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton. Uh, Tim Burton. Yeah. So Tim Burton, I think Tim Burton made this movie. Made Ed Wood. Uh, it, sure. It's, so Ed Wood was a director in Hollywood. Okay. And uh, he he was a director and producer in Hollywood in kind of the 50s. Mm-hmm. And every movie he made was fucking awful. Cool. I mean, really bad. But he with his entire being believed he was making great art. Mm-hmm. I mean, really and truly believed he was making great art. And he, one of the worst films ever made was plan nine from outer space. And the movie Ed Wood is about Ed Wood making plan nine from outer space and how much he had to just exactly like Francis Ford Coppola in the Philippines yeah. is just losing. He's losing his house. He's losing his wife. He's like, and but, he but refuses to refuses to give up. This is not a good and idea. at one moment he has this kind of like come to Jesus moment where he's like, how much more can I take? And he goes to this bar and he's just going to have a drink in the middle of the day and like, think about it. And in walks, none other than director of uh, like the greatest uh, film ever made, uh, Citizen Kane. Oh um, what's his name? Oh, uh, I'm not good on the trivia. You're putting me on the spot here. Uh, fucking, what is this guy? What is <laughs> his name? I could Google it for you. His last I... role was uh, playing Unicron in the Transformers movie. I oh, can't yeah, I'm, I'm even less help now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact. Yeah, wow. Jesus. Oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting about it. He's Jesus in the movie The Third Man. Fucking... Uh, Oh, Jesus, I'm not gonna remember this. This is driving <laughs> I'm, me. And nuts. I'm zero help to you. It's gonna drive just, me nuts. I'm just sitting here watching struggle. Yeah. And uh, then this guy walks in. Anyway, the point is, this yeah. guy walks in. He directed uh, Citizen Kane. He starred in Citizen Kane, um, and uh, and he sits down, and Edward sees him, and he walks over and he says, "Hey, I just wanted to tell you, I'm a huge fan. You know, I, I actually have a problem. I could use your advice on." And he explains this whole situation like very saliently to. Yeah. 
this guy who listens and he goes, listen, you just got to ask yourself, is this worth it? You know, it's like, is it, is the art you want to create worth going through? And he like sits and thinks about it. And then he goes right back to the set and he finishes this movie. And it's like, and it's still, and it's a, but it's still a, a bad movie. It's yeah. still a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a horrible See, that's the thing. Film. It's not the success story of like, <laughs> he had this, this come to Jesus moment and he came back and the movie blew up and it's hugely successful. It's like, no, it was just uh, it's a huge fucking failure. It was, it was garbage. Yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. It's so interesting. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. And it's like, what are you, you know what I mean? Like, that's what's so weird about this, like any given, like this existential dilemma of like living in the world of comedy and entertainment, especially yeah. at the level that like, y- you know, like we are at mm-hmm. in yeah. is like, this is not enough really to pay the bills. It's like Never, maybe, yeah. maybe a second job side hustle. Like sure. you definitely am making yeah. some money doing it, mm-hmm. but like I'm not, I couldn't, couldn't, can't buy a house, can't no. retire on it. Like what am I, like where, how is this, where is this going? What is happening? And then because it's like you can have a show, just like I was saying with like Lee, where one day you crush mm-hmm. and then doing exactly the same material in the same way the next day or maybe the next three shows, you yeah, just bomb. 15 minutes later. Yeah. 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 yeah even yeah, oh, 15, <laughs> later the same night. Yeah, oh my God. Like you do one show. Yeah. Like speaking of Zanies, you'll do one show. And like a, you do three shows on a Saturday. Yeah. Like you could do, you could crush on one of them, bomb the other two. Yeah. Like you're in the same. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And like, like where, how do you deal with, because, because I think that when you're a guy who's living in the bush, like if you're a guy who's the v, you know, the, the Charlie Viet Cong, Viet Cong <laughs> you're, you're of basically comedy. saying Joe McMahon is the Viet Cong. Yeah. 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 Joe McMahon's the Viet Cong <laughs> of comedy, which I've always thought of him right. as. And yeah. When you see him, they, it, it look, the look is there, you know, <laughs> the thousand yard stare. Yeah. <laughs> this is There's the, a little agent. Every time I look around. at him, <laughs> every time I look in his eyes, I hear the doors playing. This is the end. <laughs> like <laughs> flames going yeah. out. <laughs> the back of his his eyes yeah so the point is like when you're one of those guys it doesn't matter because that's the life you Mm -hmm. know what i mean you're in it and then when you're this corporate dude you you it's none of this would ever occur to you because you would never step in that direction yeah so when you're the people who i think only deal with that question are guys like me and you line yeah yeah where you're like where the fuck is this going like and how do you deal with that or do you deal with that? yeah that's interesting man i'm it's interesting because i feel like i look at it in the sense of like i want to be in the bush like i'm like if I have a terrible bomb, I'm like, this is what I wanted. This is the job. This like, is what this I came is, for. And I think more, it's like I I am am trying um, to very delicately like uh, position myself to dive in f- fully into the bush, right? Like I, I'm not, I'm in this, have one foot grounded in corporate reality now, but um, like over the years, it's like what skill sets do I need to develop to to leave that forever, right? And yeah. it's like, you need to be able to have great shows and bad shows all in the same day. Yep. You need volume. You need quality. Yeah. You need to be, you able, need to be grace- stoic about it. You need it. to be able to bomb gracefully. You need yeah. to be able to provide people what they paid for. You need to be able to write consistently. And the big thing that I think you do really well is you need to develop other projects that can bring in revenue streams for you, yeah. right? So you need to find ways to make money in entertainment and things that you find fulfilling and interesting um, that aren't just you going out bombing every day or that are more consistent or that are more or developing a skill set that you have. So even God forbid you work on this show for a couple of years and nothing really comes of it. You now are like, Oh, I can pitch, I can produce, I can edit, I can do all these things that, oh, yeah. that are marketable skills you that you can get cash for. Yeah. Right. So you're building up this, this resume, this little like comedians LinkedIn of like here, <laughs> here, here are LinkedIn. my, my skills. And um, when, then when it's time for me to dive in, and, and get into the bush like I'm I'm a well trained soldier. Yeah, say, I've kind know? of I've gone through some kind of some kind of rigor. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, I mean I think that's I that's a great point. That's a good answer actually. That's I feel like that's like for. a that's really exactly that's for, like yeah. a really level-headed answer. Wow. 
there's comedians they should hire you as a consultant to try to fix <laughs> that's that is the the <laughs> ultimate of like you just uh, will be in the corporate world forever you're doing consulting but for comedians yeah <laughs> except instead of being a consultant that makes a lot of money it's like you, you get paid in and drink tickets and <laughs> that's so great yeah, yeah. this will cost you tw- 250 drink tickets yeah. a month <laughs> um yeah the uh it's so funny because i remember i so i've been i've been trying to you know learn more entrepreneurial mm-hmm. skills related to things that you're talking about um I mean, the show is a good example of that. And I think that, I think that that's a completely, I mean, like, and especially like I can see how you've done it because, you know, you're able to plop shows down in different places and mm-hmm. like, that's a skill set. That's a valuable sure. skill set to have is yeah. to be able to know how and where to run a show. Mm-hmm. And there's really no, the thing that I've learned from do, doing enterprise level sales, which is my day job mm-hmm. and working with like mentors in that space is it doesn't really matter at, at a certain point, you know, if you're producing a show and 10 people show up it is different from if you're producing a show and 200 people show up. Oh, yeah. But if you're producing a show where 200 people show up, it's actually not that different from producing a show where 2,000 people show right. up. Yeah. Like, at a certain level, that all becomes sort of mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a, the scale is slightly different. Yep. And an order of magnitude doesn't actually make a difference. It just it sort of levels off. And the same thing is true sort of in sales. It's like if I sell you something for 5 bucks, it's different if I sell you something for 50 bucks. But if I sell you something for you know, fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars at a certain level, it's actually not that different from if I sell you something for five hundred thousand or five million. Yeah. Like it's the same conversation that mm-hmm. we're having and the same concerns that are going on on your end are, are kind of the same. Uh, so I guess where I'm going with that is like I could you could very easily put together a very large show. Yeah. Same thing is true, I think, with this production. Is that yeah. it's like this TV show is teaching me that I'm like, oh, if I had two million dollars, I could do this again, but a lot more effectively. Yeah, yeah. And that was like when we shot this special last January. It was like we kind of just happened upon this idea, and it became very real and serious and well put together. And as soon as it's done, we're kind of like, oh, here's the things I would do differently, right? Like here's all the the lessons we've learned. But it's like, oh, wait, but now we can do that. Like I know how to produce a piece of film. I know the like uh, the the timeline, the people that need to be involved, and and all of the mistakes I wouldn't make again. You know, so it's like you you immediately learn those things i think oh man and it's so weird because you look at the glaring mistakes and you're like what the fuck yeah. was i how but did the, i not the see that that is so and maybe it's it's like having a creative mind and being so close to it but the thing that uh, is so interesting is to the, the naked eye to the average person they won't notice any of those things no you no know? yeah I, I, i'm literally cringing in my seat about a one word i said or some the way something was shot or edited and people are like oh that was great yeah the, everything was good it looked great it was, it was fun and most people i feel like are just impressed that you're doing anything totally yeah that was and then this kind of came up uh i had this thought earlier when you were like oh i have this this important phone call um this thing this project consumes your life right and you're like you've been working on it for a long time but there are times when like um something comes up at the right time and like it makes you look really important you know? <laughs> like like we're shooting the special and like uh, a couple of my coworkers came and watched it and be shot or i would be like oh i gotta leave like i'm at work and i'm like i have to leave for lunch to meet with the director and they're like oh you're meeting with the director oh like, wow like, like you don't know that this is just like a scrappy production i'm putting together but they're like oh a direct like just like yeah. you know yeah, yeah or they come see like us literally this is probably one of the more um well put together productions i've ever been a part of like the live show right really well put together and shot meticulously five cameras like really the whole everything was done intentionally the set looked great everything so i have some coworkers that come watch this show but now anytime i tell them i'm doing a show that's what they think they of. think that, that that's there's a camera the, over their shoulder and everything yeah. looks pre- and i'm like it's like a monday night i'm fucking shakers on clark for for two people <laughs> two and amazing. a half two and a half people the bartenders outside you know yeah. and they're like oh man you have a show tonight and like that's what's in their head oh yeah and, and then and they might even like, want that's so great yeah dude. it's but, but like <laughs> it's, it's this totally i'm like only if only you knew but part of me thinks like that's what you have to convince people to 
extent is like, yes, I'm this interesting and important person. And it's just like, like it's all optics. It's like, yeah, I've, I've shows five nights a week. Half of them are like that. But you know what? <laughs> it's all, that's why the whole thing is like smoke and mirrors. Yep. Yeah. And it's like a magic. The more I think about uh, the entertainment and the world of entertainment, the more I'm like, oh, this is all just one big magic act <laughs> yeah you're yeah. just doing one big yeah. like just a little sleight of hand look over always. here yeah, yeah. Look over. I'm what's gonna that make... behind your ear yeah. Well, yeah yeah now i'm gonna make the elephant disappear yeah. Yeah. like no i of course i have the power to make the eiffel tower move yeah like it's just it's very it's it feels like that entire thing and it's it, and it's that to like your your friends like uh i was talking with dylan scott about this because he recorded he was like oh, number yeah. two on like yeah, itunes uh which is great i mean mm-hmm. it's good for dylan he was there for like two days or something right. yeah but still, I mean, yeah, that's like I've, I've never kidding? been on iTunes, right. so uh, that's amazing. And but but now he can like lead, and he'll say that to people, and then and they'll be like, "What?" Exactly. Yeah. Like, and yeah. they they have no, they're yeah. like they they just can't even imagine how to like it just blows their mind yeah. that this is the case. And it's funny because he when he was talking to him, and he's like, "My parents finally think that I like do something." I'm a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because yeah. they can show it to their friends. And totally. They have this. They can. This is a thing. Yeah. They go go on to iTunes. You'll see Dylan's album on iTunes, and like yeah. now their friends will buy it, and that obviously keeps it going for a little while. But yeah. like, but that's another good example of like those um, doing things early and often. Right? It's like no one came to you. It was like, please record an album. And he's like, I, I have this thing. I have material I believe in, and I have the the potential to to record it myself. But also in this like creating revenue streams for yourself as a comedian is like, yes, he hit the charts on on iTunes and that's a great thing to be able to tell people. But each one of the purchases that got him there is cash in his pocket. Oh, yeah. So that's like people bought the album. It's not like, oh, you hit the charts on Spotify where they're streaming and you get two cents per stream or whatever. Like, like oh, you, you hopefully you made some money on this, you know, and that's something you created. Um, and that's what I think a lot of like having a, a a business mind about like entertainment and comedy is like yeah you have to go up and have great sets and have terrible sets and like do everything but um having like a, a a a longer view of it is like oh but how can i actually like do different things that'll help me make some money doing this so i can continue doing it how know? do you create like joe joe um swanberg talks a lot he's a director from chicago okay. i'm director producer he did easy on uh, netflix okay. yeah talks a lot about you have to create this body of work that mm-hmm. like you just people at some level people have to finally be like oh this is this guy's stuff yes yeah and like if you just he keep stuff. going yep. and keep doing stuff eventually mm-hmm. people run into you yeah and like it's been kind of weird because like i finally had and this happened like last year it hasn't happened this year because i haven't done any fucking comedy this year almost but like last year after i got back from edinburgh i did a whole bunch of shows into the mm-hmm. fall and like into the winter before i went to iceland and ruined my life making this television show <laughs> You're uh, really selling it. The I know. Whole, the whole, so, like, I, everyone so, go out and create a TV so, show, pitch a, pre- a creative project. <laughs> it's the happiest thing I've ever done. Yeah, uh, when it sells, for when it gets a $10 million budget from Netflix, I'll be singing, <laughs> singing a different tune. Yeah. CNN will pick it up, and then yeah, I'll, be, I'll be like, everybody needs to go to, <laughs> like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. Um, so... Uh, where was I going with that? Oh, but I finally had people come up and they were like, oh, I this You're I was like, guy. yeah, hey, you were at the comedy show that I did the whatever. And yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, finally they have. And that's when I was like, shit, I need to get an email list or something. Yeah. Like, Start like galvanizing these people. Somehow. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can give me a, could just sign up for on Patreon for giving yeah. me a dollar. My, my weird uh, experience in that world is I've done this like extremely unreasonable amount of gigs, like private events or just like, um, 
gigs for all Indian audiences or all Indian families. Yeah. So like part of through like uh, Vic and I work together a lot on, on people he's been connected with or like we get connected somehow through private gigs and it's all these wealthy Indian people who live in the suburbs, but they all have the same wealthy friends. So we've done literally off of one party, we booked six other parties, you know? Yeah. And, but a lot of the same guests come to the same, cause they all run in the same and circles. And they're probably it's, all and, wondering and, why and, you're and doing the same jokes. Will, no, well, <laughs> I get some of that sometimes, but like someone will come up to me and they're like, oh, we saw you at Arash's graduation party. Like, it's so good to see it. I don't, you know, I'm doing a corporate thing or I'm doing a, <laughs> awesome. uh, a 40th birthday. Like, oh, we saw you at Anmol's graduation, his 18th birthday or whatever, you know? And it's like this weird collection of people that are like, like, oh, you're that guy. Like, you're the, you're the weird, like corporate white comedian yeah. who does the, the token, Indian shows. You're the token right? white you're, Indian. Who does the Indian, Indian shows. Yeah. And it, the, the best it is like I do a couple jokes about like Indian culture or like doing all these Indian gigs and you drop like some terminology and they, they will roll on the ground laughing They're like yeah. that little white boy just said auntie <laughs> like you know yeah. it's like it's so funny but. I have to hand it to this is my this is among potential other gripes I have with white culture one is that white people do not pay for fucking comedy. They don't want to pay Ooh, for comedy. They don't want to pay for live shows. They don't want to support people. Huh. They don't, and they will not support people in their communities. It's weird to say that, but like, um, I think of a lot like Josh Otisanya, for example. Mm-hmm. Good buddy of mine, living in New York yeah. now, about to be on Netflix, I think. Knock on wood. I hope that's not dropping anything huge. Um, I mean, <laughs> my entire giant listener base will probably ruin that opportunity. Um, that wasn't a joke. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> all eight people listen to this yeah. podcast. Uh, anyway, the point is, is like he is, is supported by the Nigerian community. Yeah. There's a huge, great Nigerian community yeah. out in New York. They love him. They'll mm-hmm. follow his Instagram. He's like blowing up. Um, I mean, Josh looks like a fucking male model. So that like yeah. helps. Well, I think. Yeah. But he, um, and he, and he's funny and talented. And he's know, also like, funny and talented. Yeah. And he's um, got the package and a super nice guy yeah. uh, to yes. boot. Yeah. So he's actually like, he, he's, he's well set for success. But par- part of the point I'm making is that it's like, he will get bumped from or bumped by, pardon me, the uh, the Nigerian community. I I don't I think most and and you know this is I'm gonna present this as if it's a, a, a you know a failure of the white community potentially, but it's like I I can't think of a single time I know I've had people for, I've known them for years have never come out and supported any of my comedy. Yeah. Um, family members who have never yeah. come out and and done anything. That's that, I think that's very accurate. But but the way I look at it is like because I, I think what you're describing is uh, and I don't want to generalize too much, but a common experience uh, for a lot of minority comedians is they they resonate well with uh, people who uh, identify with them. Mm. Like finally, someone who looks like me is is up here doing this thing or saying Got this it. thing. Um, so they want to support that person. That 100 percent makes sense. Totally makes and sense. And to me, to an extent, like uh, for a couple reasons, to white people, it's not a novelty. We've seen white people in positions of, of mm. power and entertainment right they mm. see us all the time and yeah. they're sick of it and also like uh, uh we don't necessarily need the support they're like this guy is, is a white man he has all the advantages he doesn't need a community to rally around him right mm. like mm. uh like a good example is i feel like uh like a black female comedian has so many people who are really rooting for her and and, and like a, a general the general populace included like myself and, and uh, you know uh white people right but sure. but other to other black women they're like we we are emotionally invested in seeing someone like us succeed, succeed and yeah. to other white people they're like yeah it's another one it's a great we, we've a, seen them a ton that's a good point yeah yeah that's a good point i think i, I more so is i mean that all of that makes sense yeah. um i guess i and i didn't but mean, you're also right in the fact that 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 they're uh 
I don't know. They're all spoiled and like stingy about it. They're like, oh, we don't need. I don't need to support this. Well, it's know? weird. It, so let me put it this way: like, I um, and I don't. I didn't mean to present that information. Like, yeah. why can't white right. people do this? Right, right. It, yeah. it, it yeah, sounded yeah. so complaining. No, yeah. More so, I guess I was saying it's really fucking cool that yes. that yeah. happens in minority to community. other people. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it, having said that, the other point that I, what was the other point I was just going to say is that. There, oh, there is a, I'm sure other comedians, I'm sure, by the way, minority comedians super have this experience also. Sure. But, like, I just find it super fucking weird that, like, there are people who I've known for a decade mm-hmm. or, like, I've been in, so this is the most recent examples. I'm in this CrossFit gym. Um, I belong to this to CrossFit brag, gym for, yeah. for, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been belonging to this CrossFit gym for, I know, right? Uh, I, I'm such a fuck. My joke about it on stage is I'm like, I do CrossFit. I'm already a stand-up comedian. I'm halfway to being an asshole. I might as well just finish the race. <laughs> like it's, it, it's if so. Only that race could be a marathon or a mud run. Right. You can yeah. talk about, you yeah. know, yeah. the Spartan run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, a tough mutter. Yeah. So anyway, the uh, the the point though is that like I've done stand-up. Uh, I mean, mm. I've done stand-up for a long time, but I was been in this CrossFit gym for four years. Talked with them about it, invited them to my shows, post about it on the CrossFit Gyms board. Nobody Zero. has ever come Zero. out to my show. Wow. Zero, none. Wow. And I'm like, and I'm like, I, there's no way I'm this bad of a salesman. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like, I know I can sell, damn it. I know. Yeah. I made my day job around selling. Yeah. I'm sure I can do it. That's funny. So uh, maybe I'm a good salesman and a terrible marketer. But <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that finally, a couple of months ago, some of these people came out to a show because it just so happened that a CrossFit person's boyfriend was playing in a band that was also at the show. Oh, my God. So like all these CrossFit people showed up and finally saw me do stand-up. Yeah, and the next time I went to CrossFit, they were like, "Holy shit, you are so funny! Like, like you were so good, you, dude." Yeah, and <laughs> I'm like, I've only been saying this for four goddamn years. Like, what the fuck did you think dude, was happening for up. four years? Yeah, yeah. like that's I, so accurate. I guess that's what I mean is that it's like it's very strange to me that it's like you can occupy these communities mm-hmm. and they're gonna be nobody. There's just no interest yeah, or support that or is something. So interesting, and I, you see that a lot with just people who either are in, indifferent or just are continuously like. Like oh yeah someday man I want to catch a show like totally like oh yeah, yeah totally yeah, gonna do you it. always talk about that it's so uh, I bet it's great I'm like sure man like yeah uh, um, man but it, the thing that I think is most interesting in that realm is um, of the arts comedy is so uh, bastardized in that oh like, no doubt like if you were a painter people would be like oh we need to support him as an artist you know like, oh yeah but but they're they're like oh it's comedy it's not really art like it's not I don't think I think people just don't think about it yeah they don't think about it certainly don't think about it as an art form. I think comedy, there's a funny, so I've had two porn stars on this podcast, and I think that there's a strange, as fucked up as it sounds, I think that there's a strange overlap between the Venn diagram of like being a, a porn actress or porn star and being a comedian. Yeah, it's, and, it's drug use and, and emotional <laughs> abuse. Yeah, are you kidding? But the only place they don't overlap is the amount of sex they have. Yeah, that's the little only thing they don't have in common. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so real. <laughs> that's <laughs> got a little too real. Scary, yeah. yeah, but I no, but I mean, sure. where I'm going with that is that it's like I think it's bizarre. It's really fucked up to say this, but like I think that at some level, there's a similar kind of like my job as a comedian is to like get you off or something. Sure, yeah, and yeah. like you're that's, providing satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, and there's a weird kind of demeaning perception of oh, both of those positions. Like there are think about it like this. Wow, like, yeah. I've never thought about that. It's very interesting. Like there are there are porn stars who cross over into mainstream stuff. Like uh Jenna Jameson was on in an article on People the mm-hmm. other day and I was like, This is Jim like she's fucking like the most famous porn star. Yeah. Then Sasha Gray now is a legitimate mm-hmm. actress and was in a film by Steven Soderbergh, which is a good movie mm. and she did a good job in it. 
and like uh what's the that one dude uh fucking some one porn star guy was in a movie with Lindsay Lohan and like mm-hmm. it's like a fascinating like there's some strange move there's like actual acceptance that t- like Asa yeah. Akira like the porn star she has like a really big like following on Instagram I mean they mm-hmm. all do but like she has an actual like is an interesting person and yeah. does like legitimate shit outside yeah. of like the world of porn mm-hmm. and, and and his book is like a fashion person also yeah. um and Am then I doing there's a good job pretending like I don't know who these people are I'm like <laughs> oh a porn star I never heard of them that's interesting um I says uh, but there man, is some you know I mean? uh, yeah, yeah some mainstream crossover well the there. point that I'm making I guess is that it's like there's there's a straight uh, there comedy is a similar kind of like thing in a sort of way like it's a very weird like you're demeaning yourself as a comedian like mm-hmm. or there's a weird perception of like you know and that's why i think people don't come out that's and see shows a lot is that you go like come and see my show it sounds like weirdly try hard like oh please yeah. give me attention or oh, like totally it is yeah and it is kind of this thing where like you, you see once comedians hit like a certain level of fame or success they it's because or in conjunction with something outside of stand-up like they've they've been cast in a movie they're an yes. actor or something else so it is like the um stand-up is, is seen of less uh, so as an art form in and of itself or as like a, a proving ground it's like yeah prove that you're entertaining and then maybe we'll take you seriously as a person you know yeah i think that's i think that's true that was something that hit me also actually which is part of the reason why i wanted to start working on this show mm-hmm. was i was like i just you got to have something else like yeah. you you could name off uh, a handful of comedians at best who don't do anything else but yeah. comedy. Yeah, and you have to be, man, you have to accept two things. You have to be either so undeniably good that just stand-up comedy makes you makes your career, or you have to be uh, in it and, and really accept a, uh, oh, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but like a very like blue-collar career. It's like you'll always be a comedian who's just like... Punching a clock, kind yep, of. Yep, yeah, totally. And there are people like that, and, and you're happy with that, and that's that. But that's a career path. It's like you are a, a club guy or a, just a you know a corporate guy, and and that's what you do. And um, it's a skill set, but it's like, yeah, you fall into into these these buckets almost. It's fascinating. This is a we. I feel like we. T- oh, I feel like we did it. We talked about it. We did. <laughs> yeah. We we got in a race for a little bit. We talked about Bird Box. I mean, we've, uh, we've covered yeah. everything we need I had to, to. I had to go for this phone call. Yeah, um, <laughs> made you look important. I think I that's that's for the best. Pardon me. Hold yeah. on a second. I'm gonna call, but from Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Lincoln. No. Uh, the I kind of wish that we recorded that stuff about social media earlier. We yeah, were talking we about because that's what you work in. A good basically. Side pod. Yeah. What is it your company does? Uh, so we help uh, Instagram influencers connect with brands to like get paid to create content and post for them. Got it. So, so that, you're like an agency kind of for Instagram influencers. Uh, you're a marketplace. Yes. yes. Yeah. Marketplaces. I, so ideally, it's it's the technology that connects them. There's not you're a like lot Upwork of people. for. Yeah. yeah. That's a great um, way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. We we hopefully our platform where those people meet. Uh, but it's yeah. I I deal with uh, fam- semi-famous and famous Instagrammers and the worst uh, marketing executives in the world. You know? Nice. Uh, I hope they don't hear this. I was just kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, what is the worst that you've seen in that job just because i work with marketing i work in the marketing department at my day job because a sales development rolls up to marketing it's uh and uh so you know that it's uh what the fuck and and most and the people in my company are pretty are pretty good yeah but i like to think that i'm in the same place like people in my company are pretty chill and a lot of people i work with are but a lot of my clients and i didn't notice this um advertising agency people uh everything is the end of the world to them and what i I literally just want to like blow a whistle at some point and be like you guys know like if we don't do this no one dies like there it's not like we're not heart surgeons you know if if this instagram post goes up a day late like some god forbid someone buys fewer popsicles or whatever we're trying to hawk on these kids like 
no one dies. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know, like the stakes are so low, it's but so people real. treat it like yeah. literally everything's the end of the world. And, and that's that's my biggest. Like, and they'll uh, say things to you like they, this. This is something that definitely happens in my organization a little bit. Is like I, I'm of a similar type of persuasion. Like I'm like, look, the ship isn't gonna fucking sink right. if this. Yeah. It's like it'd be great if it happened on time yeah. or everything went as as planned. But if it doesn't, uh, look, we have you scheduled for uh, 14 opportunities created in November, but you only created 12. Um, like what's going on here? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay. So I missed the mark by two. Like it's not the end of the, f- I guess I get an A minus. Yeah. Like it, there's something about that. That's like, I, I, de- if entire, if the whole ship is running on whether or not this fucking Instagram post gets out tomorrow, there are something problems. has gone yep. terribly wrong. Yep. There are big, there are bigger <laughs> problems. But the other thing is like the, in, in the world I work in, it's a lot of people who work for an agency who then work for a client. So they are yep. playing telephone to me. There's so many middlemen, oh, yeah. which is what the industry is built on. But there's so many, many middlemen to the, to the extent that I'm like, you are just trying, you're getting angry at me. So some Someone doesn't get angry at you. Yeah, it's like we're all just playing this weird, you know. Past yeah, the we're all just. Life. It's so weird, man. Oh, and I, uh, it, my girlfriend's job is the same way. That she's um, she works at a company that manages. They are con- They have a content management system, ugh. and they were hired by the company that was hired by the agency that was hired <laughs> by <laughs> Virgin yes. Cruises. Okay, like that's so. I hope I'm not giving anything away, but like I won't go into that f- further detail. But the point is, is that like there's a there's like three levels removed yep. from Virgin Cruises, yeah. and you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. how does that even fucking and, and, happen? And it's, it's wild with all those different uh, intermediaries. How slow anything could be. The littlest thing can be so slow, but then they'll be like, hey, we need this immediately. Like yeah. this was supposed to be live two weeks ago, and it's like, well, uh, it takes two months, and I have to talk to 17 different parties to get it to happen. You're it's, kidding. You're it's absolutely complete kidding. madness. Yeah. yeah, it's complete madness. Yeah. And it, uh, it, it's strange to me because it's like that's that that is the model of bit uh, you know fifty years ago that entire thing would have been Ford Motor Company would have bought all those companies and yeah. just brought yeah. them in house yeah you know what I mean Virgin yeah. Cruises would have purchased all of them mm-hmm. and brought them all in house and they were like nope you all work for us now mm-hmm. and we're just gonna do this all in house because we want to control everything yeah and now there's this strange like lean business yeah. like concept yeah. of but it's just every you work with a bunch of different companies yeah so I have a we company just, who's just we're an email factory we send you get an email from us and then we send an email to someone else and that's what we do we're an email factory can you imagine if it was like I have a lawnmower but the lawnmower had to hire had to hire a <laughs> Hire a blade guy. Yeah, hire a blade know. dude yeah. who came in, and the blade guy had to hire a exhaust guy, yeah. <laughs> and four different. There was a wheel oh, conglomerate. So yeah, and they but all then, had to schedule at the same time to show up on my lawn at eight a.m. Yeah, on a yeah. Saturday. <laughs> and then if one of them does something wrong, and it's my fault for some reason. Yeah, this is really fucking our timeline. We have a garden party at noon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, this this entire conversation is why I'm like, you know what? Being uh, in in the trenches in Vietnam maybe wouldn't be as bad. You know? Like like <laughs> it, it, it being like full like in this full light like comedy lifestyle is like you know what maybe I leave all this behind. You know yeah, you're, you're yeah. trading one insanity for another. <laughs> wouldn't know? have to do any of that. Yeah, I mean that's a very good point. There's a lot less money in the trenches, I suppose. Sure. Uh, the yeah, I mean that's what uh, one of the things I like about comedy is just the simplicity of the fact that it's like look I have a I got a microphone, a cord, and a box that ha- that makes my voice louder. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't even need yeah. a mic stand necessarily. Yeah. Like I don't even have and, uh, all the, and sometimes and f- not the microphone. Fuck it's it. <laughs> I'll stand there and yell at people yeah, in yeah. the room. Like although I have to admit that that it's it's amazing how not having a microphone and a PA changes, oh, changes the nature the game, of stand up yeah. entirely. Yeah. It does feel like you're just a crazy person. Oh yeah. It feels like yeah. I went from being a show to this I'm just a crazy person yeah. in front of this audience. Dude, a lot right of now. these like private gigs. I've done stand up. You have to accept 
if you're gonna step into that world, like doing stand up in the weirdest places, the most inappropriate. And we already do like so many shows are like in the back of a bar. People didn't know comedy was happening on this yeah. stuff, but it's like it gets so much weirder. Yeah. Like I did a show tableside at a restaurant. Nice. This guy hired me for his wife's birthday, and it was like two days before, and he's like, "Oh, I haven't found a venue yet." And I was like, "Okay, like I'll do it wherever you want." And he's like, "Okay, we have this restaurant." I'm like, "Okay, I assume like a back room." He's like. No, just middle just, of the restaurant. Yeah. He's like, don't worry. Like the manager, the whole staff knows. Like they're gonna set some. They some don't space like. Aside. How so, the fuck do they not get that this is like a? But literally, it's like I'm a waiter at the head of their table, and I'm going into this, this expecting great, this Tyler. to be the worst hell gig of all time, and it ended up being killer. There, it's, it's like seven people. I'm at the head of their table. The waiter's coming over and dropping food, oh, laughing good. at the jokes, like yeah. getting into it. it. Ended up being one of the better gigs. That's great. It was just so great. But it's so, like you have to accept like this could be the worst thing I've ever done. So that's yeah. funny because that echoes slightly some of my own experience. I did. I've, I've been hired to do more than one house show now. Yeah. Oh, those are my favorite. These days. They turn out to be awesome. Yes, and, yeah. But the first time I did it, I was like, this is going to be so fucking weird yeah. because it was at a, it was at a house show at a party in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And I was like, this is going to be super fucking weird. I know two people here. Yeah. I don't know anybody else. Yeah. It's like an artist party. I'm like, okay, we're going to do comedy. There's no microphone. Yep. They're going to have to turn the music off. It's mm-hmm. like, it's completely changing the nature and the Disrupts vibe of the, the whole, whole party. party. Yeah. But it was amazing to me how once people committed to like, okay, I there's a show going on and yeah. I actually have to pay attention, how much they paid attention yep. and how much fun it actually was. Yeah. And it was like they wanted to, you know, everybody was trying to be additive to mm-hmm. the entire experience, which is great. The worst show I ever had, though, oh. which is, which is, uh, came to mind when you were talking about this table side stuff was my, I did stand up at my 10 year high school reunion. Oh my God. Oh, it was fucking, it was a nightmare. Which is so funny. Cause like as a comedian, that's kind of the dream, right? It's like that's rise ex- from the ashes and go back to high school and prove, <laughs> prove everyone wrong that you're cool and interesting. That's you know? exactly because I did stand up in high school oh, you did? too. And so people were like, Oh shit. Like Brennan's doing stand up again. And like, that's so funny. Yeah. And like, I kind of, had kind of been popular in high school because I did stand up at like, these, you don't have to brag. You're popular like, in high school. We get it. All right. Dude, I did not feel popular at the time. <laughs> it didn't translate into pussy. Yeah. But, <laughs> Um, uh, but anyway, I did stand up. So the 10 year reunion committee reached out and they were like, Hey, are you still doing stand up? Like wow. we, we're in, you're like in Chicago doing stand up, Right. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, you should come. We should do this. Like you should do stand up at the yeah. show. And I was like, perfect. I'll do it. This is four years ago now. Yeah. And, uh, so I got there and it was an L shaped room and they put the stand up facing inside at one of the curves of the so L you have people at your back. No, no, no. So I have. I'm not facing a very long room. Right. I'm facing the, the short, the very short section with a much longer room to my left yeah. that goes off behind another wall, and then the bars are over there. So I literally have like I've like five people paying attention to me. And how much time is this? Um, I had written. I told them I was like, I'll probably only need. I'm like in my head. I'm like, I want to keep it short. I'll do like maybe. 10 minutes oh and, okay god i was worrying like a half hour or something. no i'm like i'll do 10 minutes and it'll be all high school relevant yeah yeah and like it'll be fucking great and like yeah. it's exactly what you envisioned i was yep. like this is, i'm gonna come back and crush the yeah. shit out of this yeah. everyone's gonna make references me. to people who will be in the room yeah. oh totally like yeah. and i know what i'm doing this is gonna yeah, be like the right. best you've got the playbook yeah. I, this is gonna be the best best man speech of all time yeah, yeah like it's i just totally thought i would nail it and i got there and it's just loud and they didn't even announce that i was gonna do stand-up they were just like yeah you can just get up and start doing it and i'm like do you not fucking understand yeah. how this i was so mad at this guy who's a very nice man and his name's <laughs> luke haddad and i went to i went to elementary school with him i went to high school with him he's great but I, there was a part of me that was like have you do you not understand how this no, people works? don't you have to like, like <laughs> I, I had to realize that myself I was like they don't get they're like 
you need to treat this with some kind of professionalism. I need to be introduced. You need to do something. They're just like, yeah, yeah, do the thing. Do the do the comedy. Yeah, you just yeah, go do go, the go comedy. do it. Yeah. The thing that I've always been most surprised by at private gigs is um most frequently it's a surprise to everyone except the organizer. Oh no. They don't tell people there's gonna be comedy. I'm like, you would never do that with any other artist. No way. They never be like, surprise, a band is here. Like yeah. I'm like, why wouldn't you tell them because you're afraid they're not gonna come? Like, yeah. like I, what? I don't get it. Yeah. There's something very weird about yeah, like or or yeah. Surprise! Everybody's getting. You right. have to get. You have to get your face painted. Or they. <laughs> you have to. Yes, but the the, the, the most disruptive <laughs> thing is like people planned on having a regular night, and then they're like, oh, now you have to be quiet for a half for an hour, and hour. this kid's gonna talk yeah. at you. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna talk at you about yeah. like. But also the weirdest thing dick. is all these like, these um yeah house parties is uh you walk in and I'm I'm usually like well dressed. And I uh, don't know anyone, and they're, they it becomes very apparent they don't know me either. Oh yeah, so, like the guest of honor is whoever's birthday it is, whoever's like, who the um, fuck is this? Who's dude? this kid? Yeah, yeah. Like, what what is this this <laughs> weird scrawny white kid doing? Is that <laughs> at L- this L- Indian birthday? Right, one hundred percent. I've been introduced as an author. I've been introduced as a public speaker. Someone told me this, is, this is your dad's friend from from the office. Oh god, to like pr- like cover that I wasn't a oh. comedian. Or whatever. Turns out he's actually a comic. Yeah, and then and then everyone's like, oh, now we have to listen to it. But oh but again, some god, of the, those dude. have been the best gigs. Those house gigs are just like once people get on board, people they, relax. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very part. They they talk to you a lot. They respond to jokes like it's a conversation. Yeah, which you just have to get used to. But um, they a lot of time can be better than like actual show audiences. Yeah, they're just like, oh, this is this is cool. Let's have a good time. The the one thing that that uh the one thing that because it's weird because they will talk to you when you're doing but it's different from when people talk to you at a show show yeah because people at a show show have this kind of weird anonymity of like i'm no one knows me and i'm in the dark dark. totally yeah and so they'll say some weird ass shit to you and you'll be like what the fuck are you this Mm -hmm. isn't netflix dude like like there are other people can hear you yeah um but at a house show i feel like people are like there's a risk so they better make sure what they say is actually yeah. like pretty good well and like to an extent you're in their you're in their home you're in their living room you're in their yeah. world like, well, yeah. you have to play on their rules True. or like to, i've done a couple where it becomes like it's almost like a conversation like we're all just chatting you know and like you'll do a joke they'll say something like i'm like hey that reminds me of another joke great like here we go you just have to like kind of kind of play with them a little bit but i just can't believe how much how much you how many shows you do dude like how many how much stage like time you're able to pull every month it's kind of but, amazing. but that's like but it's it's funny because because then i just that's all i want to do that's all i want to be doing is i look at it and i'm like how can i add more minutes to my month like how, yeah. how much more stage time can i rack up um because i want work and i want to be to be hopefully put putting away like work for myself that way but also like i know each one of those minutes is me getting better me trying something new me like like playing with the rubik's cube of like how do i yeah. craft this a little more you know and i can feel it like after a month of like if i did an hour or, or an hour and a half every week for a month like i feel stronger at the end of it i know? definitely feel that way about when i was at at when i did edinburgh for the month yeah i felt like yeah. coming back i was like fuck that was i'm i'm i know i'm in a different place now. yeah and uh, it's funny because it's it's not until you kind of go back or you pull back or you go do something that you haven't done in a while or you like. The other one that happened is when I moved to Chicago and I really started grinding, I went back to Michigan mm-hmm. and did uh, just a show in like Grand Rapids. And I was like, oh, this is like fucking, I feel like I'm on another. This is Bush League. Yeah. 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 yeah like what? Like I've been playing in the majors yeah. for like, <laughs> now, I'm, yeah. now I'm back here playing for the, you know, the the grand rapids bolts or whatever yeah, like yeah. it's just ridiculous that's funny. so yeah i mean it's it's a it's funny how that stuff translates you mm-hmm. know what i mean i am um, i'm 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 jealous to be perfectly honest because 
you you have the ability to get, just get all these shows and get all this stuff done, which is great. I know it's pure hustle. Sure. Um, this uh this this TV show I f- fucking hope works out because yeah. the whole reason I started doing it is I was like one I wanted to do I knew I wanted to tr- try something in that yeah. world yeah and the second is I was like if this works out this is gonna be a great I will get way more opportunities in terms of stage time totally. and in terms yeah. of like all of this shit so. Yeah. Hopefully lightning strikes. That would yeah. be pretty fucking cool. Because We're all rooting for you. All you know? I want to do is do the same thing. I right. just want to do. Well, and that's get the, more but stage you're, time. you're playing the long game of like you. You've put a, a year or more of investment to this, but if it if it pans out more long term, you you create opportunities for yourself. You have the runway to be like, oh, I can spend time doing stand up because I've got like this other project that's off and kind of cooking on its own. Yeah, you know? yeah. Hopefully, I mean, yeah. we'll see once we go to production. I mean, we, uh, there's a lot of. Uh, questions marks up in the air yeah. but i mean like i think that this old the the op, the the opportunity could be there could be a lot of opportunities and yeah. i don't know quite what they all are mm-hmm. yet but hopefully it'll translate into doing more stage time but yeah um i should probably wind this up dude yeah i appreciate you coming by and Maybe dealing with my own me. professional phone call uh, and all of this and slumming it. And no, this uh, is great. thanks for all the opportunities you've had to book me. I said the same thing to Vic when he was in here. Yeah. I was like, you guys, you guys have booked me a bunch, and I really appreciate I it. I feel like now I'm like, yeah, what, what are you up to this week? Like, give me your veils. <laughs> like, send me what's going. On. That's like the, the what we're here to talk about, really. It's like, when, when can we well, get I'm you glad you brought show? that up, Tyler, yeah. because that's actually what this <laughs> like, is. Here's my calendar. Yeah. I know this looks like it's recording, but <laughs> it's just been an elaborate magic yeah. trick. And I'm like, do you have any dates to plug? You're like, yeah, actually, whenever you put me on your show, those are the dates that I'm going to plug. Speaking of, why don't you plug? What do you got going on? Oh, man. Um, I this will probably come stuff. out next week. Great. Um, the big the thing eighth. is our special that we recorded, we're re- releasing the audio on iTunes. So it'll be pre-ordered January 1, uh, March 6th, the album comes out. So January 1, it'll be up on iTunes to buy. Um, so please look at that. If what's the name of the special? Uh, Friends with 401k benefits. Ooh, so, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, it's a it, kind of a, a, a tip of the hat to like the corporate world that we come from, but also like it's funny comedy. You know? Yeah. Uh, you get it. Uh, <laughs> that was a great plug of me. I, I get was jokes. like, here's, here's the thing. But yeah, if if you are into buying art or music online, uh, Friends with 401k benefits on iTunes. Uh, I'll put all my dates on slash tyler Big one is January 12th at CH Distillery in the West Loop. Always the best show. Um, Say that again. January twelfth, CH Distillery in the West Loop. Cool. Um, Teamuscomedy dot com for the tickets. That's a fun show. Would love to see everyone there. Cool. And where can people get at you? Uh, at tfowler twenty six on Instagram or um, teamuscomedy dot com slash tyler. Kick ass, Got man. Info. I'm glad you p- took took the time to come down and Dude, and, and, and do great. this. It was a good, love it was it, a good yeah. one. Uh, meanwhile, everybody, the madness continues. <laughs>